Welcome to Worth It or Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses, and decide is the game good by today's standards and is it worth the price of admission? I'm your host, Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what did we get into today? Today we played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Manhattan Project on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. 3? Yes. That's a long title. It's not 2. And it's been a while, you know. We played in our very first episode, Hyperstone Heist, Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. and we're back. And I'm so glad we came back because it was great. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like this game, uh, I don't want to say it's like not well known, but I feel like it doesn't get as much love as it should. I don't know about it. I don't think I've ever played it until today. Yeah. Uh, I was a little bit hesitant because, uh, you know, we've done a lot of beat-em-ups and we've done another Turtles game. <laughs> but, man, it was good. It was good. I'm surprised. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Absolutely yeah, fun. Fun pretty much. I don't think I had any not fun today <laughs> while we were playing no. this game. Yeah, there, this game surprised me a lot, and I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. For those of you who don't know what it is, it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up like most Ninja Turtles games. And mm-hmm. you can most pick of the good ones. Yeah, you can pick a turtle, and you can go around and beat up ninjas and try to stop Shredder. <laughs> what a concept! What a concept! If it works, you know. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, you were, um, I think, a little excited that he wasn't trying to steal the Statue of Liberty in this one. Instead, he just tried to steal the entire island of Manhattan. Yeah, I mean, we can set the stage. Uh, the The game opens, and the turtles are hanging out on a beach mm-hmm. in Florida. On vacation. On vacation in Florida. And the, the, they got a TV on the beach with them for some reason. <laughs> and the TV happens to pick up uh, New York local television. And they see their yep. good friend April, and she's reporting because Shredder has levitated the entire island of Manhattan out of out of the ocean and up into the sky. And we don't really know what he's going to do with it. He's he's stealing it. He's taking it. He right. wants the whole city for some reason. What? And that's where, that's where you start. And so the Ninja Turtles, they're like, we got to get back to New York to save it. Luckily, there's a submarine nearby, and they ride the submarine from Florida <laughs> to New York above water the whole time. So... Yeah, that's the story. That's what you need to know to get your head around the game that we just played. So now that I'm thinking about the story of these Ninja Turtle games, yeah, I, I feel like the only one that really makes any sense that off the top of my head uh, is Ninja Turtles 2, where Shredder like kidnaps April and you have to rescue April. Why would he care, though, about um, April? Like, just to get back to To get at the Ninja enemies. Turtles. Okay. But you rescue her earlier on in the second game, and then you go to the Technodrome and fight Shredder. But then, after that, these games kind of go off the rails, where it's like, he's after the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, which, you're, you know... You're getting sent back in time. Well, that's I'm a great I'm stealing idea. an island. Like, yeah. I'm just... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, sure, I don't care. But it's just interesting that he just does. Like, what's he going to do with the Statue of Liberty when he steals it? I don't know. But I honestly, I'm like just so filled with joy that you're starting to ask <laughs> these questions because we're, you know, 16 episodes in now. And this has been my thing. I'm always like, 
what's going on? I asked, I asked you, <laughs> we we're playing. I'm like, what's Shredder's motivation? Like, why, what's he doing all this for? I don't understand. And now you're starting to realize you can't just play a game. You got to immerse yourself. You got to understand the motivations of the characters. And that just makes me so happy. Dad. I mean, I really don't. I like blowing up ninja robots on a beach. Like, that's fine. I don't know. have to know why I'm doing it. It doesn't have to make any sense, but I just wonder, like, it's kind of like in the dark night, how, Joker says he's like a dog chasing cars. Like he wouldn't know what to do with it if he caught it. It's like what? Why did you? That's what? fine though. That's his motivation. He, that's his character. <laughs> At least it makes sense. Like I want to know that. Like you know, as, like as the hero, my motivation makes sense. And as like the villain, like do they have a reason for what they're doing? Because you know, you got you gotta you gotta dig into it, Dan. And I'm really excited to see that you're just becoming a person who embraces the lore of video video games and just really wants to sure, dig why into not? it. Well. If you want to get technical about the lore of video games, the lore doesn't make any sense because they're crossing like the movies in with the cartoon and they didn't really ever cross over paths in the official Ninja Turtles timelines that I'm aware of. Yeah, so I asked you what Shredder's motivation, Anyways. and you you weren't really sure. So I looked up Shredder's Wikipedia page, <laughs> and it depends. There's do. like three different comic book companies published comics, and you got the animated show, and you got the live action movies, and he's different in all of them. And, uh, you know, and you got the Michael Bay movies. I'm just like, but we won't talk about those. No. Yeah. That's well, <laughs> I have something to say about that a little bit later, but not in this part, but you just got all of these, these things with shredder and his, he doesn't really ever seem to have a purpose for what he's doing. Uh, he met, a interdimensional space alien Krang who gives him all of this technology. And it's like, man, shredder, if you just took all of this technology and did something productive with it, like you could become like, the richest man in the world and like you could have power like just through like the you know through capitalism and commerce and like but instead instead he makes like an infinite uh army of robot ninjas and creates something to levitate new york out of the ocean like what's the point shredder where what are you doing it's so brain. confusing he can't beat these four teenage turtles when exactly. he, has, he has the power to banish them back in time in like Turtles in Time just by like showing up as a hologram. He like banishes them like he's all got, these timelines. He's got all these resources and he's got all this technology <laughs> and they are legitimately like four kind of, I mean like one of them's kind of smart, three of them not so much and they, they live in the sewer and they have melee weapons and they don't really have like a whole lot of resources at their disposal, but somehow he keeps losing to them. Like he's obviously not a smart guy, and that's what I have. To, I had to get in my head like Shredder yeah. isn't a smart dude because he's got all these opportunities that he's not using, and he keeps losing <laughs> to amphibians with uh, like melee weapons. And it that helps me uh, really get into the game. So thank I you, Dan, love... for exploring this with me as we are getting ready to discuss this game because this has just been a yeah. real treat for me. To put a pin in that, I just want to say I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I just love just everything that just happened. Yeah, <laughs> it was. That's my first point. I mean, this is a good segue right, into yeah, what this game does well, yeah. and because my first point is that this game is fun. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I didn't ever feel like it was a grind or a slog, and uh, it's not like a super complicated game, but it mm. uh, it was perfect. It was exactly what I needed today. Yeah, it was fun the whole way through. Sometimes we talk about how games like really overstay their welcome, and I didn't ever feel that with this game. No. There's a good uh, amount of variety. Uh, as I brought up when we were kind of playing the game, like the, they keep introducing like new enemy like behavior. Like 
you're fighting like normal punching foot soldiers and then sometimes they'll show up on like hoverboards and you got to kick them off the hoverboards not in an anno- in an annoying way no like it had so much but. potential for that to be like the the beat up trope of the the motorcycle guys zooming back and mm-hmm. forth but you you hit them one time and they fall off their hoverboard so yeah you had the you had the punching foot soldiers you had the the guys with the spears guys with whips guys who threw bowling balls at you guys who threw like big heavy rocks at you you had dudes with bazookas dudes with uh smoke grenade things dudes yep. with rifles guys who would hit you with long girders like there was just yeah. so much and that's like i'm just scratching the surface that doesn't even get into like all of the like little robot dudes mm-hmm. and, and i think in a lot of ninja Turtles games the robot guys are super annoying and i hate them and mm-hmm. in this game they were actually not terrible like they didn't just like cheese the same things over and over just to like be annoying and spammy it was yeah great. it was good for sure uh, there, there's actually a, like a lot of variety in this game that keeps it interesting and fun. There's a lot of different environments in this yeah. game, which is nice. Uh, a lot of different music in this game too. The only real track that you ever hear over and over again is the boss music. But I was impressed with all the different music and all the different um, environments and all the different enemies. I think it all played together for like an overall fun experience the entire time and we played it for a while yeah i would say we played it for over an hour maybe like closer to an hour and a half almost yeah we didn't time it today yeah but uh stopped and started and stopped and started but i feel like it was fun the whole time that's true um one thing that is really a huge pro for me for this game is that we were able to basically beat this game without (laughs) our without codes without cheats like yeah it gives you the right amount of lives and the right amount of continues to actually be able to make it through this game. We got to the very final boss, Super Shredder, and we had him flashing. He was almost dead, and then we lost our final life, and it was like, man, we're so close. So we did end up going back using the the level select cheat to get back to that very last boss fight and just kill him, but we were so close, and it's like a perfect balance. Like This is a game that's fun. It's not just meant to like steal mm. your quarters or to kill you over and over or like force you to have to master patterns and all this kind of stuff it's like pick up this game play it have fun you can beat it without like being like godlike at this game yeah i really like what this game is in in almost every way it's just it seems like they took the time to balance the game they took the time to keep it interesting they took the time to really make sure that this was a great game and i really appreciate it because it shows like every time i come back to this game i have fun with it yeah it was it was just great. Uh, the The controls are nice. They're simple. Um, you get, you know, punch, jump, you get a jump kick. You got, like, a special attack. Um, and you have, like, a throw move. And that's that's pretty much it. But, like, it's a, a good assortment of, like, differentiating attacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, the controls are pretty easy. The, yeah, it just controlled really well. They, they give you power-ups not power-ups uh one-ups at like a good pace yeah and so we were able i was just like blown away because so often in these games it's we're talking about how hard they are or how we had to use like the infinite life's code and that's great because it it gives you an opportunity to like beat games that you otherwise wouldn't be able to without sinking hours and hours and hours into but a beat-em-up is really nice to not have to do infinite lives because sometimes later in a beat-em-up if you have infinite lives you just stop like caring about dodging and being Mm -hmm. strategic and it was so nice in this game to even towards the end, all the way to the last boss, like having to 
look at your placement and, and playing strategically and playing defensively. And that's something that we don't always get to do because we've had to go to infinite lives just to experience the game. Yeah. I, yeah. It's so it's refreshing to like play a game the normal way without yeah. having to cheat. Um, we get Shredder down within like a few hits of beating the game. Yeah, he was flashing. And then this game basically, well, it accepts the Konami code, but instead of like BA start, it's AB start. And that'll bring up uh, a level select and a difficulty and the number of lives that you can start with. So we just went straight back to the Super Shredder fight and we killed him. But I really appreciate the fact that if we would have played a little bit better, that we actually could have finished the game, which is not almost ever the case, which is funny because on Hyperstone Heist when we played that, well, that's one of the things that we praised that game for was like, we can finish this game without yeah. having to like play around or cheat. And it's just, it's unusual in these old games that, that they actually give you um, the level of control and polish to actually play the game well. Yeah. Like I never felt like this game is cheap. Or it's like stealing my lives for the most part. Yeah, there was only one time when we were like, when we had like a feeling like that. There's a, a time when you're on like a moving sidewalk and these laser beams keep popping out and uh, and there's also ninjas that are coming to fight you. Yeah. And that one section stole like a life and a half or two lives from each of us. Mm-hmm. And if we hadn't had that one section, we probably could have beat the game. Because when we went back and had to restart to fight Shredder a second time, it only took me one and a half lives, and I think you took you two lives or yeah. one and a half lives. So, like, that one moving sidewalk section with the laser beams was the difference in us yeah. being able to beat the game uh, without any level select or anything like that. Right. I think we actually continued and had to go through that part again, right? And then we did a lot better the second time, but the first time we went through it, it stole a bunch of health and lives from us. So, yeah, I think... But- like even now, if we went back to the game, we would be able to beat it a lot easier. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, this was my first experience with it. Um, you haven't played it in a while, I'm sure. So no, uh, it's definitely a game that you can beat without mm. having to do any codes, any cheats, and that is not always the case with Nintendo games with yeah. the, the old school games. Kind of piggybacking a little bit on on the the playability uh, of this game is the bosses were actually not uh, not bad to fight. For once, a boss and the bosses in a beat 'em up were not terrible. Yeah, they had a they had uh, there was some really interesting stuff with the bosses. You're right; they weren't as easy like as uh, our last episode with Life Force. Yeah, um, they didn't just feel like kind of just like a, a little thing to clear at the end of the level. There was definitely some challenge there, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like the long slog and like no. just trying to get like one kick in every thirty seconds, like yeah. sometimes bosses can be. Even in Hyperstone Heist, like that last Shredder battle, he was like zooming all over the place, and we had trouble yeah. like pinning him down. This Super Shredder battle was a lot more approachable and a lot uh, definitely a little bit easier. Yeah, they're not. It's not that the bosses are particularly easy but they give you the space to actually avoid their attacks, which is kind of unusual because a lot of beat-em-ups don't really, like... Like, if you go and hit the boss, it's almost guaranteed that they're going to hit you back. Yeah. And you can kind of... The patterns and things like that actually give you the opportunity to find openings and not take damage, which is unusual for, like, a lot of these old games. Yeah, and we played this co-op, which definitely helped Mm. because even on that last Shredder, uh, Super Shredder boss, uh, I died... And when you die, like, Super Shredder doesn't 
realize that you're not there anymore. And he'll he'll <laughs> keep attacking. Bug, yeah. yeah, he'll keep attacking like where you were when you died, which makes it like really easy for the second player to like go and get some hits in, uh, which was an interesting thing. But all of the bosses, you're right, were were interesting. They did some cool stuff. Like uh, they had different weapons like i remember one of the bosses i think it was ground chuck <laughs> at like halfway through his battle he rips like a, a girder off the wall and then he starts like swinging it and it's like it just like took it to a different level so it mm-hmm. wasn't the same repetitive thing over and over yeah for sure and a few of them did that where uh they like transitioned into a little bit different play style it didn't get like mm-hmm. obnoxious or just like super hard but it just like forced you to rethink the situation a little bit and i yeah. like that it was cool the krang fight uh, is fun. He splits in half <laughs> halfway through the fight, and he, you were fighting the legs, and I was oh. fighting the upper half of the body. And he's like kicking you, but he's like pulling out a hammer trying to smash me. Like I really liked that boss fight. Yeah, that I feel like that was one of the more difficult ones. I think we mm-hmm. probably, we died there a little bit more than other bosses. Yeah, but it was definitely like I I, I appreciated it. Yeah, it's the second to last <laughs> thing. He's he's the gatekeeper right before the final level, and uh, yeah, it it was it was good. It was. Yeah, the bosses were handled really well. The levels were handled well, really well. Um, I'm just really surprised by this game. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything else for this? For what the game did well that really stands out? I touched on the music uh, already, but like I think the music is is good in this game. Um, not my favorite NES soundtrack ever, and I think the the second Ninja Turtle game on NES actually has a better soundtrack. But I still think the soundtrack in this game is pretty good. Uh, I enjoyed. The variety of music, and I enjoyed listening to the soundtrack. There's no complaints whatsoever with it. No, yeah, it was fun. So My last thing, just to close out this section, is uh, one of my favorite things about this game, and I didn't really realize it until we were reading uh, like the manual or whatever, but the first level when you're on the beach, the beach is called Fort Slaughterdale Beach. <laughs> <laughs> like Fort Lauderdale, but Fort Slaughterdale, and that is incredible. I don't know who came up with that, but that is one of my favorite things in video <laughs> games. I think there needs to be a metal band called Fort Slaughterdale. If there's not, if there's already one out there, um, we're not endorsing them because we don't know if they're like awful uh, <laughs> musically right. and just as humans. But if if nobody's claimed that, I really hope somebody claims that and does something amazing with it because Fort Slaughterdale is is just genius. I'm wondering because I think I saw that on the like the TMNT Pedia or whatever, and it's. I don't know if that's actually in the manual or in the game. Did you notice? Because in the intro oh, to the know. scenes, because it's like scene one, it'll give a little blurb. So I wonder if it's officially called Fort Slaughterdale. Oh, I hope it is. The rest of the titles in there that were on that PDF that we were looking at, those were correct for the other levels we were playing. So I would guess that one would be correct too. I, we can we can fact check ourselves really quick, but I hope that that's canon because that is just incredible. Okay. We just fact checked real quick, and yes, it is called Fort Slaughterdale in the man in the manual. Yes, that makes me so happy. I'm really glad that that's funny. not just something that some random internet person came up with, and then it's actually part of the lore of this game. That's awesome. It says palm trees and warm sand. It's a far cry from the steel and concrete back home, but Shredder sent some hometown boys to bring you back to reality by kicking sand in your eyes. Yeah, and they do. Fort Slaughterdale. Awesome. Okay, yes. I think that's the perfect way to transition into what this game does poorly. So what would you pay for this experience? <laughs> wow. Dang, just skipping right past the bad. No, uh, I, uh, I don't have a whole lot written down. I don't have a whole lot. Well. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot either. And what I do have written down is very nitpicky. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just 
me being me, which, <laughs> which uh, if you listen to our podcast, you know there's always just like one or two dumb things that I can't get over, but um, that's who I am. And you have to accept it because uh, I'm a co-host of this podcast with you and we both get to say things, Dan. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> Nothing. It's just me. All right, everyone. Uh, Dan has left. <laughs> this is my podcast now, and uh, it'll be difficult because I don't own any games or have any, any podcasting equipment. Anyways, Jordan, let's let's hear all of your we're back rivet, okay. riveting critiques of what this game doesn't do well. <laughs> I feel bad because I have a list. I got a whole list here, Dan. But as I look through them. They're all very nitpicky. Let me see. Uh, I already talked about how just like Shredder's motivation irks me a little bit and how if he just used his resources differently, he could be very influential and uh, a very rich man, maybe to benefit society. That's besides the point. Um, We talked earlier about Michael Bay and the newer Ninja Turtles movies that are not great. And I think that there is actually, when did this game come out? 1992. Okay, so this game came out um 22 years before the Michael Bay movies. I think the first one was in 2014. And I think that this game contains a prophecy that one day Michael Bay would direct a Ninja Turtles movie. Okay. Because we went down into the sewer level. Every Ninja Turtles game has a sewer level. We go down into the sewer and you your Ninja Turtles like flip into the scene or walk in whatever they do. And then the jump very kick down the stairs, jump kick down the stairs. The very <laughs> first thing that happens is there is a pipe on the wall and it explodes. No reason, no point. The pipe just explodes. And all throughout this level, things explode for no reason <laughs> at all. And I, I have a feeling that that was a prophecy that Michael Bay and his pointless explosions would <sighs> one day play a role in crafting the uh, Ninja Turtles cinematic universe so what this game doesn't do well is it's you're blaming i'm blaming that michael bay got his hands on ninja turtles because of this game yeah i feel like some ninja turtles executive out there was like you know i played this game once and there was pointless explosions who should be hired to make our new movie well there's a guy who specializes in that let's hire him it's part of our core dna okay again i said these are nitpicky uh very nitpicky that is not Dan. fair critique against this game jordan all right well how about this dan at one point in this game there are manhole covers that are removed and you can oh, fall in- no yes. come on jordan. you can fall into the holes <sighs> and your turtle falls into the hole while his shell is suspended in the air and then the shell falls in classic cartoon slapstick format okay that's anatomically incorrect a turtle shell cannot be removed from its body and I think that's a dangerous thing to teach kids. They're gonna think they can take Jordan. a turtle out of its shell. They're gonna they're gonna hurt the wildlife. And I'm concerned for the turtles of America and any children who think that that is how turtles work. Shouldn't you maybe just be concerned for uh, anatomically incorrect turtles that are walking around beating up robots? We've I mean, in colored. Do you want me to go into that conversation? Because we had that conversation. Because I feel like I feel like your critique is just immediately thrown out based on the universe that we're dealing with. The universe has its own problems. I don't know if we touched on this in our last Ninja Turtles uh, episode, but like April O'Neil dates a turtle. 
She doesn't really date any of them as far as I'm aware mm. of in any TMNT lore. I mean, you could fact check me on Google, but I don't think I think it's like they all kind of have a crush on her, but you know what's never wrong with that, any Dan? like actual relationship going on. She doesn't do anything to correct it, which is dangerous. Uh because I'm not worried about the fact that they are mutants or that they're turtles. I'm worried about the fact that they are teenagers, Dan. Underage, <laughs> they are not old enough to be having a romantic relationship with an adult. That's dangerous and also not something that we should be encouraging. That's beside the point because April's not really a big part of this game. Uh, <laughs> two more small little nitpicks. Uh, the turtles save Manhattan. Spoiler alert. They save Manhattan. I bet you couldn't see that coming. And they release floating Manhattan from the giant oh, ray beam. Oh, my goodness, Dan, this is important because... Um, is this valuable? It is because think about like Why? at the time that like Batman versus Superman came out and Age of Ultron, we were having a lot of discussions about the collateral damage that superheroes cause uh, and is it worth it? And like the whole movie Civil War, uh, Captain America Civil War is about this because uh, people like the Ninja Turtles who, yeah, you saved Manhattan, but you know what you did? You recklessly dropped it back into the ocean, which caused uh, a tidal wave. And wiped out the entire eastern seaboard. Bet you didn't think about that. All they care about is their precious New York. They don't care about the people in Maryland. They don't care about the people in Massachusetts or Maine or Rhode Island. So, which no longer exist because of their uh, inability to safely, safely be superheroes. That's all I'm trying to say, Dan. Now, what makes you think that they are to blame for the actions of the island post-killing or defeating I guess I should say it's I think it's a Pokemon situation in the cartoons with the Ninja Turtles where nobody ever dies. People just <laughs> faint. Yeah. Um, obviously, Shredder doesn't die because it comes back in the next game. The island just like floats back down when they defeat Shredder. It's a basic, so basic I don't know. Physics, Dan. You like, can't displace well, that much water. No, I'm just saying like you defeat Shredder and then cue the cutscene where they fly away on their blimp. Yeah, they get out of there safe while the eastern seaboard is ravaged. So how could they have safely put the island back down when they they weren't even responsible for the island going back down in the first place? I don't know. I'm not like a, a doctor of physics or whatever. you A, a physician. Yeah. Not a physician. Yeah. That's a doctor. I don't know what you call. A, geologist? a physicist. A physicist, Dan. I told you this was nitpicky. Let's move on. I think we can move <laughs> past this. One last picky point, and this one is actually a valid critique of the game, which I think you will be uh, glad to hear. I came to your house today, and I sat down, and you showed me the game we were going to play. You showed me the box. Oh, my goodness. What? What, Dan? This is a real thing, because the box art conveys to you what you're going to play. You show me this box art. It shows the Ninja Turtles fighting like a giant like metal man with a Triceratops head. And I was like, Dang, from the comics, we are gonna fight yeah. a Triceraton, I think is what you called it. Yeah, and we played through the whole game, all eight levels, lots of bosses, and including some that were just completely made up, I think. And no Triceraton. The sweet guy from the box cover is not anywhere to be found in the game. Yeah, that, that's I don't know how the art, the box art is actually great. On this game, I yeah. really like it a lot. It's, it's awesome. It's a we'll beautiful share piece it. of art, but yeah, I don't know why they allowed the box art to c- convey a battle with a guy that wasn't actually in the game or a species that's not actually in the game. 
you you look at that box and you're like, wow, this is going to be a different turtle story. Like, I'm not no. going to be fighting Shredder. I'm not going to be fighting the foot. I'm going to be fighting some dinosaurs, maybe some metal people. And uh, you get you don't get that you you're fighting the same foot soldiers, which you know we talked about. There's lots of variety, and they do a good job. There's also robots. There are robots in this game, which is cool. Um, a whole bunch of different ones, not just like the normal ones that you always see, but like actual like robot men. Uh, so there is some good stuff going on, but no robot dinosaurs, and that's an actual critique, Dan. Here's the problem with you putting too much stock in the box art on an NES game. Uh, NES game box art is generally pretty awful and inaccurate in a lot of cases. And if you spent any amount of time looking at the, I think there's 700 to 800 NES games. Oh my goodness. And if you look at a lot of the box art on a lot of those games, you wouldn't really know what you were getting. So, so just I don't think it's else. a, I don't think it's a valid critique um, of this game that the box art is inaccurate to the content of the game, because I feel like that's super common. All right, so we have gone through my my list. We've written it all off. Uh, <laughs> what is an actual critique that we can make in this game? Uh, the slowdown. The slowdown. There's quite a bit of slowdown in this game. That's um, what I, I didn't write that down, but I have that in my head. I was yeah. like, if Dan doesn't have anything, we'll talk about the slowdown because there there are things this game does poorly, and that is definitely one of them. Uh, that's really the only thing that I have written down. Is there's like once I think it's it's made worse by the fact that we were playing in co-op, but. The game does slow down a lot when there's a lot on screen. Yeah, you can definitely uh, remedy that solution by killing some of the bad guys. <laughs> it's uh, it's not always easy to do when they're slowed down, like especially with that uh, laser part we were talking about earlier yeah. where the sidewalk is moving and the lasers are shooting. Part of the reason that that killed us so many times is because the slowdown. Uh, it's fine when you're just dodging the lasers, but then they send out some like spear foot soldiers and you got to fight them and or just like pink foot soldiers i don't know if they had spears it doesn't really matter but when they send them out <laughs> they're slow down and it made it hard and that happens a few times i don't think it was nearly as bad as the last game we played with uh lifeline or what is it called life force life force <laughs> with life force which had like you like you said like going down to like three frames per second at sometimes uh this wasn't that bad but it was definitely. I feel like it happened a lot, actually. And it did, but it didn't happen to the point of like where you were like crawling. Uh, I don't know. It also happens in the second Ninja Turtles game on NES too, so it's kind of common. But I feel like I'm I'm okay with it because the quality of the game is so high. Uh, I feel like the sacrifices that they probably had to make. It's like performance versus like making this game like look really good. And like play interesting and like all the variety and everything going on. I'm like, yeah, okay, I can, I can, I can let it go. Uh, that the the fact that the game doesn't always play well once it gets busy, but it yeah. is it is something that the game doesn't do well all the time. Yeah, and like I said, the only time I can think of it like where it actually got frustrating to us, where it like was affecting our enjoyment of the game, was that one time. The game was so fun and so well done for the rest of the time that you didn't mind a little bit of of lag because everything else was just so good. Yeah, for sure. But that that's all that's all I have written down for what the game doesn't do well. So for listeners keeping score, uh, there were like five things that were bad um, that but Dan only... we erased them. None of them counted, and only one thing that we can really come to a consensus on that we didn't enjoy. I'm sure we're. 
we just had such a good time in this game that we probably did overlook some other little things, but uh, we just, we were having a good time and we didn't really notice a lot of other stuff because the stuff that it did well really stood out. And there were just multiple times where I was just like, man, I like this game. This is a fun game. I'm having yeah. a good time. It's so refreshing to play an NES game that isn't garbage. Because <laughs> <laughs> so many of them are just leave so much to be desired. Yeah. And this one, I mean, it came out in 92, so like later in the NES life cycle, and they had probably figured out a lot of things by this point, but like, it's just, it's nice. Yeah, it, it was great. happy. So All right. what do you think you would uh, pay for the experience you just had? Oh, that was a good experience. I would, uh, I wouldn't mind having that on my Switch. Like if there, if there was like a Ninja Turtles bundle or something, oh, or even just please, that one game. I want it so bad. I know. So this is one where I'm like, man, man. I, I would, I would pay like 10 bucks for that. That was good. That's, that was fun. That's high for you. That's high for me. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, that's not high for everybody. We're still working on the chart. It's almost done. Yeah. I'm going to be able See, to compare, but that was a, a fun game. I enjoyed it. 10 bucks is saying a lot. $10 for Jordan is like $60 for me. <laughs> <laughs> Every dollar Jordan would pay for a game, I would probably pay $6. And I think that's almost dead accurate. <laughs> yeah. In a lot yeah. Of ways. That's, that's pretty fair. Like if I say $1, you're saying $6. So, right. Yeah. Um, would I pay $60 for this game? Uh, I don't know. What is this game worth to me? Let me think. What's the experience I just had worth? I feel like a good $30 to $40 is what I would pay for the experience I just had. Wow. Yeah. To continue to have it in the future, to have this in my collection, I think $30 to $40 is a really reasonable price because this is one of those games. Like Even when we were talking about Hyperstone Heist, I think I went up towards $50. i am like, this game is really good. It's really fun. I like going back to it. Uh, there's not really anything it doesn't do well besides performance here and there. Yeah. I mean, um, it's been a long time since I played Hyperstone Heist and that game obviously like looks better and it's mm-hmm. a, a newer generation, but I think I had more fun playing this game. Really? Hyperstone Heist. Yeah. Dude, I, like, I, I don't know that I've ever beaten an NES game without cheats. Like we've beaten yeah. lots of them with cheats, but this was like amazing to be like, wow, I could actually beat this game. Right. And I'm having a good time doing it. So yeah. um, that means What a, a concept. Yeah. A fun game all the way through that yeah. you can almost beat. It's crazy. It's, it's almost like a good game design decision. Yeah. All right. So what does this game go for? So this game... Wait, has... wait. Oh, shoot. We, we, we almost skipped the part where I try to guess what this game goes for. <laughs> We're just having a good time. We're just like breaking the format. Yeah. So, okay. What do you, well, what do you think people are paying for this game on eBay? Uh, okay. Well, I probably shouldn't have stopped you because I don't really have a good guess. Uh, I have no <laughs> idea. I, I don't think I've ever heard of this game. I don't remember ever seeing it. Like I would have remembered that dinosaur robot dude on the cover. Um, so I don't know. Does that mean it's rare? It's later in the lifetime. It's an Ninja Turtles game. There's a whole bunch of them. Does that mean that that whatever? I don't know. I'm gonna say people buy this game for thirty two dollars. Okay, that's my guess. That's uh, that's actually not a not a terrible guess. Yes, I love um, that. It's not a terrible. Guess. Yeah. So yesterday it was trending about twenty three dollars on eBay. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I I was just I flipped them in my head. Yeah. I meant to say twenty three. Yeah. Well. So when I was looking at like the sold listings, it looked like it was going anywhere from like 20 on the low end to like 35 
on the high end. Like there were a few listings of people paying, you know, over thirty dollars for this game. Okay. But yeah, generally twenty two, twenty three dollars, twenty five dollars is kind of what it goes for. Dang. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Um, and it's actually been there for quite a while for or for a few years. I think is that's what range it's it's kind of gone for. Wow. So it's it's not. I mean, people are aware of it. It's an Ninja Turtles game, but it hasn't spiked the price like some games have. And and I feel like I'm I'm glad to see this game in that price range, and yeah. I'd be happy to pay that for this game because it really is a game that I I enjoy quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's great. I would definitely say worth worth it on this wow. one. I mean, like I'm personally so rare for you. I'm personally not gonna go and drop twenty three dollars on this game. No, just, just come to my me. house. But I'm so glad that it's affordable and yeah. that I could like if somebody, if I had a friend or whatever who was like into. <laughs> if these, I had a friend, I do. I'm just saying, like if somebody, <laughs> if somebody came up to me and was like, "Man, I'm into playing Nintendo games and collecting them," and like I see that this game is twenty three bucks, should I buy it? I'd be like, yes, absolutely, you should buy it because yeah. that's a that's a good 100%, game. percent, which is not very common. In a lot of cases, but this one I think definitely is worth it for me, 100%. Like I said, I'd pay $30, $40 for it. Yeah. Knowing what it is. You know, the whole point of this podcast is like to go back, look at these old games and say, is it worth playing today? Mm-hmm. And like, is, is like the price that it's going for, is it worth it? And it's nice to like go back and to not like have our memories crushed by these games. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, that game still holds up. That's fun. Like, are there better beat em ups out there? Yeah. Are there, are there ones that do cool stuff? Yeah. But if you like Ninja Turtles and you want like a fun, easy beat em up that you can actually go through, that's got like a funny story and like a lot going on for it. Like this is a win. This is a good one to pick yeah. up and play. So I think, I'm going to go out and say that this is probably one of the best beat-em-ups on the NES, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, I would agree with that for sure. I'm I'm talking about if you're comparing it to, like, modern stuff and, like, all the stuff they can do. Yeah, yeah there's definitely been advancements. But if you want, like, a nice, simple Ninja Turtles beat-em-up, you can't do much better than this. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking now, like, in my brain, it just popped. Like, where would this rank on my top NES games? And I almost feel like I might put this in my top, like, 15 or 20 NES games. <laughs> I don't have one of those in my brain, no. but uh, no, I have really happy for you. A lot of NES games. You do so. You do. Well, I think that uh, that's all. All I've got for today. Do you have anything else you wanted to add? No, I think that I've said plenty. <laughs> <laughs> I think that every I've episode, said I think you say plenty, Jordan. I know. I. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, I think that's good though. I think that we both feel good about this, and we can walk away from this feeling great about recommending it. And uh, yeah, for let's, sure. Let's wrap it up. All right, thanks guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. We'll see you next right. time. Bye. If you have any questions or feedback, feel free to email us at worth it or worthless podcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in staying up to date with the show, follow us at WIOW Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review and subscribe if you want to hear more. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the show. We sincerely appreciate it. Talk to you next time.